Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. In the UK, the past 10 days have been anything but normal. The Queen's death, the nation was plunged into a period of mourning that ended after the funeral. Today, former Chief Foreign Correspondent Philip Williams reflects on what unfolded and what it says about the British psyche. Phil, what a huge moment in history, the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II, watched by millions of people around the world. At its heart, though, I guess we should remember there was a real family grieving for a mother, a grandmother and a a great-grandmother. That's right. And it's really been quite extraordinary watching the, the interplay of those two competing elements that the public wants to see the royal family. Millions of people have watched on television. You've had thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people filing past her coffin even as the royal family are still are up there standing guard. So at every moment there is public gaze as well as this private mourning. In the lead up to the funeral, there were 10 days of mourning. You've been there for that and you've managed to pick up a bit of a flu. It's incredible though, a huge 10 days, barely anything went wrong, did it? That's right. And, and look, th- there's no accident to that. This, is, this operation was called London Bridge and it's been in the making for decades, really. They have had to plan, the palace officials, the, the police, even the army, everybody involved in this massive security operation have had to plan for this event. No one knew when the Queen was going to die, but they all did know that when, it, when she did pass, it would be probably the biggest public event in the history of this nation. One thing that the Brits do extremely well is these sorts of security and uh, pageantry and uh, official sorts of operations. And they did it without paralysing the City of London. The traffic still moved about. Yes, there were closures, but even as an example, I saw her coffin when it was brought back from, from Scotland and, and the last journey in the hearse through central London and we were waiting uh, with thousands of others along the roadside and they didn't even stop the traffic. It, it was mixed in with the traffic and there were buses coming and going almost at the same time. Mm, tell me, Phil, a bit more about those past 10 days ahead of the funeral because... They're not normal, are they? I mean, there was nothing really normal about that. No, really the nation practically stopped. Even on the day of the funeral, they closed down Heathrow Airport because they didn't want the disturbance of noise of the planes going overhead. In some places, they closed bike racks out of respect. Some offices closed and many businesses closed. Loud noises were not encouraged. At every turn, there was a sense that People had to pay respect that this was a moment in history and that they were not to literally disturb the peace in any way. Anything that is seen as disrespectful is simply not on. And as reporters, in major situations, you usually have to get the piece to camera, which is you talk 
with whatever major event is behind you at that time. It binds you into that process. But you would not do it in this, on this particular occasion, simply out of respect because especially the British, if they're around, would take great offence at that and, and you'd soon know about it. Mm. And as you mentioned before, the queue to view the Queen's coffin, I mean, that was extraordinary. You know, Sam, for me, that really, really said it all, that incredible queue that snaked back eight kilometres. In fact, they had to even stop people joining at eight kilometres because they couldn't handle them. It's not the same as looking on the television. You've got to be there to know what the atmosphere really is like. Time I get over there, I'll be buckets of tears, you know. <laughs> and that, to me, symbolised the passion, the deeply held views of the British people. I think this is a bit of a disconnect because in Australia, yes, there are many people who are very sad to see the Queen go and have strong feelings. But here, it's much more intense and it's much more bound, not just with the, her passing, but also with national identity. She is part of what makes them proud to be British. She's touched so many people in so many ways and you realise that when you're there because, you, you know, you can see other people are getting emotional too. And her passing was such a, such a visceral blow. You can't, you can't not come here and not be emotional. And in those lines, it's incredible. You, you had mothers and fathers with young children. You had old people, you know, barely able to walk but determined to do it. We come last night and it's been hard, it was cold, but the crowd's been nice, so it's been well worth it. And people have actually said that even in her final act of passing away, she brought the nation together. Mm, but Phil... Not everyone, I mean, we've got to make this clear, not everyone in the UK is a monarchist. No. You know, but it did seem that way from what we were watching and what we were witnessing. I mean, even a peaceful protest was unacceptable, you know. Yeah. It, it just seems like everyone's a monarchist, but that's just not true. No, it's absolutely not true. And you're right. Uh, there was what I thought was very, very unacceptable suppression of anyone that had a contrary view. And, and again, it comes to this thing of the majority, I, I would guess, of people seeing this as a solemn occasion and not to be disturbed by contrary political belief. And so when you had people saying, with signs saying, not my king, they were arrested. Disgusting! When you had somebody with a sign, well, actually, no sign at all, just holding up a piece of paper, uh, with the possibility of a sign, they were arrested. Now, after a couple of days of this, the police backed off. We struggle to heat our homes, we have to pay for your parade. Thank you for coming. Taxpayer pays 100 million for you, I think they realised this was not a good look and uh, it, it looked like they were very much overstepping the mark. And look, we were, you know, looking at doing stories on the, the problems uh, that this country faces. And no organisations wanted to talk to us. They kind of said, well, look, we know what you want to do, but this is not the time to do it. So even those, uh, you know, the Republican uh, movements here, they were not wanting to talk right now because they didn't want to be seen as being disrespectful to the Queen. Mm, strange for you, I would have thought, as a, as a journalist, that you can't ask the questions that you would normally ask. 
Well, yes, it, yes, but you can't make people talk, you know. I mean, even those that, that don't believe in the whole institution would say, well, we don't want to be seen as disrespectful and we'll just park our differences for the moment. Mm, and here, of course, as well, obviously not as intense as it was there, but we did, we had wall-to-wall coverage of everything that was unfolding in the UK. And Phil, you, you'd know the ABC was criticised for that, for sending too many people to report on it. Well, look, it's, it's a case of damned if you do and damned if you don't. This is a long-standing plan that was has been in the making for many years. You were here uh, as a bureau chief. Mm. You would have had the plan ready to go and you would have been involved. We've had, uh, it's no secret, we've had about 20 or so people come here. I think if we'd been seen as underdoing it, we'd have received a lot of criticism as well. And I know uh, people were quite furious about the wall-to-wall coverage, particularly when she first passed away. This is ABC News. We're interrupting our programs to inform you Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has died. But I would defend it on the basis of this is a major global event and she is our head of state. It was a huge moment in history, of course. Phil, we have our own National Day of Mourning this week, but I just want to raise with you this one point because Stan Grant, one of our colleagues, has pointed out that for Indigenous people, this hasn't been an easy time at all. I mean, he wrote about that we're not allowed to talk about colonisation, about the empire, about Aboriginal sovereignty, about a republic, that we're just sort of banned from from talking about it. All of that is quite valid. It's not something on our reporting plate, in a sense, right here, because we're removed from that to a degree. I'm surprised that there's not more reporting of that, in a sense, in Australia especially. There is no reason for suppression of any views, especially views of First Nations people, uh, about the connection to the royal family and Australia and the history of colonisation. But here, even those that want to raise their voices or normally would, won't. Philip Williams has been reporting from London for the ABC since the Queen's death. He was the bureau chief there for more than a decade. King Charles will be formally crowned king at the coronation, which is not due to take place until next year. This episode was produced by Sydney Peed and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.